Last season on Just Two Pearls, we talked feminism and womanism, film, music, relationships, faith, politics, and more. As we prepare to kick off season two, we want to share some of our favorite moments from our first season. We are so grateful for all your pearly love, and we can't wait to help you cultivate the pearl within you in the year to come. Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. One of our favorite moments of the season was when Portia taught us by cutting off her gorgeous afro that whatever it was that we were holding on to that we needed to let go of, just let it go. So I actually have an adventure story I would like to share with you all in regards to my hair. So a couple weeks ago, I actually posted a photo on Instagram um, of my new hair And what's funny is I actually started a new hairstyle. Like, I really want to get on this journey with having sister locks. And so I got sister locks installed. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to do this thing. I've always wanted to lock my hair. And here I go, right? Well, you know, sometimes in life, Jamie, I've learned that some things don't always go the way you plan. (laughs) You start off trying to do one thing. And then life just, like, is like, "Mm, yeah, no. So, I had to make a a hard decision whether to keep up with the process of locking my hair or I could um, cut it off, like let it go. But not like frozen let it go, but like let it go. (laughs) Um, And so I decided to let it go. And so I cut off all of my hair. I had a thick, bushy, beautiful crown of hair, which has now um, been reduced to like less like to to a half an inch of hair so I literally have like a half inch of hair on my head but I love it you know why I love it because Maxine which is the name of my hair she has gone through so many different changes from coloring to relaxers to braids to now sister locks to now um just a short hairstyle and so I am so in love with this new hairstyle you know why because I could actually see my head (laughs) (laughs) I can actually see the shape of my head um and I've been having a great time experimenting with um different um hats I haven't worn a hat in so long Jamie like (laughs) a hat and so it feels so good to have a hat on my head because you know having an afro as big as I had you Uh could not wear hats So I've been trying on different hats, different beanies, um, the big brim hats, baseball caps, you name it. I've been rocking them. And so I've been enjoying that. And then guess what the next best part I've been enjoying? What have you been enjoying? Wigs. So (laughs) (laughs) I've become a new wiggy. So shout out to all my sisters wearing the wigs. You know, I am just so excited to have joined the wig movement. Because I can have like long blonde Beyonce hair where no one can recognize me (laughs) or I can wear like really short caps and I've been enjoying it. Um, And so I what I say that to say is as women, we have an opportunity to experiment and enjoy Mm -hmm. as we are young and we can do is whatever we want to do with our hair. It's a way of just saying, here I am. I can experiment. I can um, change up my look and enjoy it. And so even Mm -hmm. though I had to make a difficult choice, I've learned to embrace it. And I'm even here now in the studio with you. And I have on both a wig and a hat. So (laughs) I'm just fully embracing this journey. And I love it because it's just so cool. And so um, not only was I letting go of hair on my head, but I was Mm -hmm. emotionally also letting things go that I've just held on to. And sometimes maybe hold on to too many things. And just Mm -hmm. just gotta let it go. Mm. So I say whatever you're holding on to that you just need to let go, let it go. 
we did a two-part episode on the conundrum of the unmarried black Christian woman. I think about my parents at 26. My parents were married. Mm -hmm. They had a house. Mm -hmm. They had a child. You Mm -hmm. know, they had my sister. And when I think about where I am at 26, I'm like, I'm in, I have none of those things. Right. You know? I don't have a spouse. I don't have a child. I don't own my own home, even though I have an apartment, but I don't own my own home. And right. I'm not building a family with anyone. What I do have is a dog. I have a career. Yeah. Hey, I have a degree. And, <laughs> you know, well, a couple of degrees now, right? And so that feels good. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, society makes me feel sometimes like that's not enough. Like, it's not enough that I'm a single black woman doing my thing, Mm -hmm. you know, entrepreneuring, entrepreneuring, you know, (laughs) you know, have a blog. Now we're doing this podcast. You know, I'm I'm pursuing things that are more than I could have ever imagined for my own self, you know. Right. And so since when did the hustle and the pursuing of your dreams and aspirations become not enough? Since when did we have to give up those things in our 20s to want to feel like we have to settle down with right. someone else or that we need someone to complement our lives to get these um, goals and aspirations. Like we can't do them by ourselves. Right. And we can, but there's still that thing. It's like, but sometimes I do want to maybe unload and talk to somebody about these things. Maybe there's those moments where I do want somebody to come bring me some Chick-fil-A at 10 o'clock. And like, hey, hey, babe, can you bring me that Chick-fil-A? You know, ain't nothing wrong with it. But, you know, that's that there's a Chick-fil-A in Bridgeport, so he'll be definitely taking a, a trek to get yeah, me some hike. Chick-fil-A. Right. Certainly scripture, especially if you look at the Old Testament, does point to this idea that especially women, which is an issue, but especially women are supposed to be pure, Right. That being said, I also want to point out that the Bible says a lot of things, especially if you look through Leviticus, that I know that I am not doing everything that it says in the text. I am not being completely faithful to everything in the text. So to pull out that one thing, and especially the burden that it places on women, both in scripture and in contemporary life, Mm -hmm. it definitely creates this problem, right? Mm -hmm. Where women are being punished for not being as pure Mm -hmm. sexually Mm -hmm. as we perhaps should be Mm -hmm. right um and right and so i don't think it's wrong to live counterculturally i Mm -hmm. believe that that's what we as christians are called to do that being said i i don't necessarily like the word countercultural when it comes to christianity i'm more like like kingdom cultural, like live in the ways that God specifically is calling us to live, especially in this present moment, right? Mm -hmm. The Bible is a living, breathing text that also just so happens to have been compiled by a bunch of men in a time and place that's not here and now. Hello. Right. Um, And so women were getting married as soon as they were of childbearing age and having their children and this and that and the other and probably dying young as well, which is terrible. (laughs) And today we're living in a world where women are certainly not getting married as soon as they're, we don't consider that to be legal. We consider that to be child marriage, which we don't do, right? And so women aren't getting married until at least past their 18th birthday And, you know, even in in American culture, you used to be considered to be an old maid, right? If you weren't married by 25, right? That's no longer the case, right? Like we get married at pretty much any point along our lives, right? We start our lives without children and spouses all the time now. And so it's like, so where does purity culture fit in with where 
Christian women find ourselves today. In season one, we had a bit of a bone to pick with feminism. So when you think about the word feminist, yep. what comes to mind? A white woman. <laughs> a particular white woman or just a general white woman? A white woman burning her bra. Hmm. I think of like Gloria Steinem. Yeah. I think a little bit of like, I don't know, like Taylor Swift. Yeah. Who I don't think burns her bra. No, but she does say, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. <laughs> That's a feminist statement. <laughs> I knew you were trouble when you walked in. That's a feminist statement. Okay. That's a quote from Portia Williams. On behalf of Taylor Swift. I also think of feminism as like in contemporary culture, I think of it as something that's trolled on Twitter. Mm. I think of people putting it in their like search bar or whatever and just like coming for feminists. Mm. So what do you think is like the aggression? And I know like men and women both have it. When you hear the word feminism, like what makes people so angry about that word? I think they are assuming that it means a male bashing rather than actually trying to find out what it really means, like searching for the definition of what does it mean to be feminist. Feminism is not anti-male, it's not anti-men, um, it's not that. And I think people who aren't aware of that and have no sense of consciousness as to what feminism is, I think they make those judgments and those statements. So you could easily say something like, as I said, oh, what is feminism? Oh, white women, right. white women burning bras. Like those are blanket statements of people who may not understand or know how to articulate what feminism is. And so I think that's why there's a lot of pushback because people don't take the time to, to read or educate themselves on what it really means. And then you have, you know, speaking of pop culture a little bit, just to bring back Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. to bring in like, say, like Miley Cyrus or something like that. You have people who are performing what they will tell you is feminism. Right. And that's also confusing. Like mm -hmm. Miley Cyrus twerking on stage in a beige bodysuit. Mm -hmm. Is that really feminism? Or is that just her being herself on a stage mm -hmm. and appropriating blackness? And it's like we have to be able to like tread that space and figure out like, okay, so what? where is the feminism within this? Like a right. woman having her voice on stage, certainly I can agree with her. That's working and grinding on this man I'm not so sure right <laughs> it's like is that really feminism is it Miley Cyrus and it's the feminism <laughs> I think like you said not only of a white woman like I don't want to put that on all white women right. but especially of like a rich privileged white woman absolutely right um because she does have that space to do whatever she wants and then to say well this is my right as a feminist or mm -hmm. it's my right as a woman because of feminism Right. Because feminism, you can always point to that whenever you want to do something that's like a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I also think part of the goal of feminism in general is to empower the voice of the women. It's to teach us our sense of agency as women. However, there's also been that conversation, does feminism include the voices of black women? Does it make space for us and who we are? Mm -hmm. And so I think that brings us a little bit to the toward the topic of womanism. Right. We also celebrated the first birthday of Portia's beloved dog, Paris. My adventure this week about my little dog named Paris. <laughs> so Paris and I have been together for a little over a year now. 
And it has been pleasure and pain. Okay. So, but more pleasure than anything else. The painful <laughs> things is like, you know, taking her to the groomer. And if she gets sick, the hospital bills, that's the pain. Right. Jesus, is that the pain? Nobody told me that dogs were going to be so expensive. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, the great part is I have so much fun with her. And she brings so much joy to my life. Mm -hmm. I get to come home and then here's this little itty bitty dog, this little Yorkie poo, you know, cute in her little <laughs> outfits that come up to me, that comes up to me and just like, good to see you, mommy. She wears clothes. She does wear clothes. Like oh. Paris wears like pink tutu skirts and dresses <laughs> and pink sweaters. And she's cute. Mm -hmm. Not because I decided to dress her that way because I have a mom who feels like this is her grand, her grand puppy, oh. like her grand dog. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, we don't have any, um, I don't have any nieces or nephews and my sisters don't have any children. I don't have any kids. And so my parents like, this is their grandchild to them. Wow. So she's like super spoiled. Everything right. that, I have at my house. She has at her, my parents' house, like from beds to toys to food to medicine, like everything. Like literally, if I ever go out of town, I need mm -hmm. my mom to watch her. I can just bring her. Like I don't have to bring anything, you know? It's so easy. Right. Um, but my dog thinks she's a person. <laughs> <laughs> and she has like a mind of her own. So like, for instance, like I will give her like hamburger flavored kibble. And she's like, no. And I'm like, are you not hungry? She's hungry. Oh, yeah, she is. But right. she really wants a banana or she wants something else that's more appetizing to her. That's <laughs> not hamburger flavored kibble or, you know, sweet potato right. flavored kibble. Right. But anyway, Paris and I go for, go to, for walks. She helps keep me active, you know. You know, I can be a little lazy at times with getting to the gym. But thank God for a dog. And so sometimes I'm walking her, right? And sometimes I wear... You know, whether if we're in the park or if we're outside, wherever we are, try not to be out there too late if it's cold. But I mean, in the spring, you know, right. it's cool. People come up to my dog and want to touch her. <laughs> and they want to pet her. Okay. And so I just find it really, you know, I don't know if it's offensive or disrespectful or cute. <laughs> but people just want to touch my dog because they see her. She's little and she's cute. Sometimes she's, cute. she's in a purse. And, you know, when she's on oh. a leash, her harness looks like a dress and they want to touch her. <laughs> Like, okay. do not touch my dog. So, <laughs> do you think that Paris is a black woman? Paris is every bit of a black woman as a black woman can be, okay? So, she's she, like, don't touch my hair. She is like, don't touch my hair. Like, but the thing is, she's super friendly and she'll allow you to, like, you know, be in her presence, if you will. But like, and she won't, like, she's not a barker. She's too sophisticated for barking. So she won't bark. She won't bite. She doesn't do any of that. Like, she'll let you, and but then she'll shade you. So like, when she's done with you, she'll like walk away. And they're like, where's she going? I was like, oh no, she's kind of done. And she's so, done. you know, with, with Paris, it's always an adventure. So there's like multiple adventures in this one adventure. But I just wanted to share that my dog and I have been together a year and it has been wonderful. And um, I'm looking forward to more adventures with her. I take her on family trips. So we went to uh -huh. Virginia. She went to Delaware. She went to Maryland. Like she's getting around. She goes to mm, New York. She's well traveled. Yeah. So, so we, we have adventures together. So Portia and Paris were, you know, two little peas in a pod. We have fun. <laughs> Literally peas. Literally peas in a pod. <laughs> and we have a good time. And so I just wanted to share that um, with you all because she brings me so much joy. So that's my dog, Paris, Bianca Williams. So not to... Um, Though the first, there might be more. Okay. Uh, so not to um, take away any of Paris's shine. Of course not. Um, but, you know, you were talking about the fact that she doesn't bite. Did mm -hmm. you hear the story about 
I'm um, Sonny Obama biting a White House visitor. No way. So this like 18 year old visitor like reached down to like pet Sonny like during the Obama's last week in office. And Sonny like bit the girl. <laughs> <laughs> like she had to get some little stitches. And like oh, and apparently oh no. exactly like oh. Sonny was like biting out here in these streets. So it was just funny because the rest of the Obama family was like really classy about leaving. Like when anyone asked them about Donald Trump, they're like, oh, you know, this is the way the democratic process works. You know, we believe in democracy. It'll all be OK. He can always call us. But Sonny was like, no, it ain't going to be all right. Listen, Sonny, Sonny is, is gang- gangsta. Oh, wow. Everybody else was handling themselves with lots of decorum. And Sonny was like, why are you touching me, girl? You know, that's so funny because I remember we did a show. We were talking about the Obamas and we could not remember Sonny's name. Exactly. You know, my my dad, right. My dad was like mocking me about that when he listened to the show. And so I sent him an email with the Sonny Obama story. And I was like, listen, Portia and I don't tolerate this sort of behavior. So that's why we didn't remember Sonny's name. Sonny is disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, dogs are cool. They totally like for the most part, take on the characteristics of their family. So any kind of little eccentricities that Paris has, you know. She got it from her grandma. (laughs) (laughs) In season one, we tried our hardest to convince you to apply to a women's college. We'll try again in season two. I think it's the significance of graduating from a women's college because we both did that, so... And especially in the 21st century, because some people say, oh, there's no longer, you know, they do this with both HBCUs and women's colleges. There's no longer a need for this. Um, what do you think is the power of it? Well, I think there's a need for both. And I think they're both powerful, considering that I graduated from a women's college and an HBCU at the same time. Right. Right. So I think that for women to be in a space where they are affirmed by other women, I think is so important because unless you've gone to a women's college, it's really hard for you to understand what the camaraderie and the sisterhood is like. It's just like, it's an invitation to the sisterhood. And that's why I love other women who went to women's colleges because I feel like, you know, y'all get it. Whether you went to Wellesley, whether you went to um, uh, Smith, whether you went to, uh, you know, any of the other sister schools, like I think like, or Mount Holyoke, well, is that a sister school? Yeah, Holyoke. Yeah, yeah, Holyoke. So like, and I think about like, all the other like schools. And I'm just like, it just feels like we're a part of this, you know, internal sisterhood, this, this space where we can see one another, affirm one another and be like, okay. Yeah. Because I don't think there's any spaces on earth where women can come together academically, Mm -hmm. right. Academically where they can feel empowered, where they can learn from one another across economic backgrounds, across um, if you're, uh, you know, if your school's not HBCU, across race, across class. Like, I think there's different conversations that are able to happen without feeling like you have to dummy yourself down in the presence of a man. So I don't feel like we have to do that. But I do believe that some women do dummy themselves down, unfortunately, sometimes in the presence of a man. But I feel like women's colleges gives you the power and makes you feel empowered to speak regardless of what venue you're in. So I think they're absolutely necessary. Um, You know, I do. I think a majority of women, if you have the opportunity, I mean, I know there's not enough schools to, to for everyone to go, but I definitely think if a woman has an opportunity to go to a woman's college, it will professionally develop you. It will mentally develop you, emotionally develop you. 
um, in some cases, even spiritually develop you, especially academic prepare you in my uh, in my experience. So I think it's so important. I mean, I don't think women's colleges get enough credit for the women they produce. Mm -hmm. And um, it's produced a lot of great women Mm -hmm. um, in politics, in law, in the church, in throughout history. And I and I do believe that in this day and age, what we're going through across the board, I think more women should attend women's college if you feel that it's right for you. I do think I, I completely agree with you. Um, it's all about the idea that, well, two things, that women are bearers and holders of knowledge. Yes. And that no one's getting any knowledge here unless it comes from another woman. <laughs> 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 you know, which is, which is, which is powerful. Because yeah. I know even, um, you know, my pastor was telling me about um, an incident that her daughter had in school where um, she's in sixth grade, where she had the right answer on a math test. And then, or some math activity they were doing. And um, there was a boy who basically was like, oh no, that's not right. We have to change it. Um, And of course, like the teacher is watching, like the girl had it right the whole time, but the boy was like, oh no, that's not the answer we're going to give, right? So the the teacher knows that she had the right answer, but she was like talked out of it basically by the boy, you know? Um, Even though she knew she was right the whole time, but she was like, oh, okay, I guess we're just going to go with his answer sort of thing and I think that happens to girls like really you know you know she's in sixth grade math it happens to us really early that mm-hmm. because there's a male presence even when we're right we have to defer and be wrong mm-hmm. in a lot of academic situations and so I do think it's powerful the idea that women are bearers of knowledge but also I'm um, it's a, a girl or women you know I know we come in kind of as girls and we kind of leave as women I think it's kind of the way that it works yeah I'm um, but I'm it's a girl or woman run society because college really becomes it becomes your community right Absolutely. especially if you go to a place like a Spelman a Wellesley a Smith a Holyoke um that are bound in colleges right I think it's a little bit different for people who have gone to like places like BU or Emory or Howard where it's like yeah. a lot more of a public campus right, right. um but our campuses are pretty closed in Absolutely. right and mm-hmm. so if there's student government, that's all going to be women. If there's um, a decision that needs to be made in the dorm, it's all going to be, you know, girls and women. If it's, you know, anything that's going to happen on campus, if there's an alum decision to be made, all the alums are women, right? Like there's no male who's going to come in from on high and be like, oh no, you guys aren't doing that, right? <laughs> so it's, it, it is about the knowledge, but it's also about knowing that we have power, right? I shared my daily prayer for purpose like a prayer that I've been trying to pray in 2017 is um, just God make me humble enough that I always consult with you first. Mm, um, and so my, so yes, of course God knows the plans that God has for me because God created me, right. you know, um, and uh, we used to talk about this in ethics when we were in divinity school. <laughs> um, but the telos of a thing, oh, right? Yeah. The purpose for which it was created, only the creator can know, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. um, we're sitting in chairs right now to record, but I could use this chair for any purpose. Like I can stand on it. I can like use it as a weapon. Like there's all sorts of things I can do with the chair. Like I talked to the kids at church about this. Like there's all sorts of things that we can do with a chair. All sorts of things that we can do with a chair. Because a chair is just a chair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there was only one purpose for right. which the chair was created. And it's best used for that purpose. For that purpose. Yeah. Even though we can use it in other ways. Right. right? And so that's, that's right. So that's the way that I, you know, think about my own life. Yeah. I can use my body, my mind, my intellect 
in a myriad of different ways, right? right? But the question is, how was I created to be used? Now y'all know a best of season one episode would not be complete without us getting a little petty. So that means that I have to be petty, I guess. Go for Um, it. The petty pearl belongs to me. Um, Portia said before we started recording that um, I should do the petty pearl this time. And I was like, I don't have anything to be petty about. I do have something to be petty about. She knew. She knew. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're talking about bodies. And so I've been, you know, listening to the show, you know, while we've been talking. Uh, My thighs are petty. Okay. You know, we've been talking about going to the gym. You know, you'd be working it out. And, you know, I go to the gym a lot. I'd be up in there, you know, four or five in the morning. I'd be doing my little workout. Um, I'd be doing my weightlifting. I've gotten really good about lifting. I'm, you know, I'll do treadmill or I do a lot of spinning. I've been working at Porsche. I've been doing those ab workouts. I've been on those little balance balls. I've been lifting stuff. <laughs> um, I've been using my BOSU ball. I've been yes. doing all of the things. I've been sweating. So good. And, you know, but my thighs Come on, don't Jamie. seem to be catching up with everything else. Like, I'm like, I've been doing these squats. Like, my booty be looking better. Like, everything is better except for my thighs. And it's like the more I work out, the more the thighs are like, you know what? We're just going to get chubbier in retaliation of what's going down right now. Like, seriously. Like, I'm like, I even have arm muscles. I have muscle definition. My calves be looking good. Everything is <laughs> fine and then my thighs they're so petty I just don't understand why they won't keep up with the rest of my body like they're just like you know what we know you're trying to go for this whole petite girl thing but we're just gonna be petty and we're gonna be exactly the size that we want to be no matter what you do no matter what you say no matter how much you work us out in fact work us out more we'll show you because we petty so my thighs are petty that's all I'm you want to be petty Uh, yeah So actually, I do have a petty pearl moment. So in the spirit of graduation, pearls, if you are graduating from school, my prayer is that you have a positive attitude when you see all those professors who tried to stop you (laughs) or, um, you know, gave you that C, you know, five semesters back, you know, back when you were a sophomore and what have you. Um, you know, maybe your junior year, you didn't get the grade that, you know, you thought you should have gotten, but you know, you was really working that professor to give you that grade, but they were still trying to be petty and not give it to you. But yet they want to holler and say, what's up to you at graduation? Like, it's all good. I want you to just stand tall and have a big old smile and be like, yes, I made it. So you made it. It's graduation. You know, turn your tassel and throw your cap and have a good time and enjoy your family too. And just enjoy whatever state that you're in. So um, have a good time. But, you know, when you see that professor, just be like, I see you, boo. I made it. So, Pearls, that was season one. We talked about faith, relationships, family, society, race, and so much more. Sometimes we were even a little bit petty. But we hope that above all, we left you with the tools to help you cultivate the pearl within you and to remind you that tomorrow will be a brighter day. See you in season two. My question, I guess, just to kind of wrap this up, is like, as Black women, like, what are we to say to these things? You know, I think as Black women, we ought to be proud of ourselves. I think Black women, we have been the backbone of a lot of movements. We've Mm -hmm. been the backbone of a lot of situations and scenarios throughout the history of this country. Mm -hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. And so I would hope that we can 
reach out to each other the way that this Maya Angelou poem, all the way from 1993, it like speaks freshly, I think, to Mm -hmm. our current moment. Um, And she says at the end of the poem, on the pulse of this new day, you may have the grace to look up and out into your sister's eyes, into your brother's face, your country, and say simply, very simply, with hope. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just Two Pearls. And you can email us at adventures at just two pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.